Welcome to Running Dialogue, a podcast where we talk about all things running. For first-timers, casual runners, and elites, we invite you to listen and contribute to our Running Dialogue. Welcome to another episode of Running Dialogue, and uh, it's just me, Andy Younger, the race director here at the Hepcrim Festival of Races. I'm flying solo today uh, as far as hosting goes. Joe's Joe's not able to join us, but uh, we have a special opportunity to have Sheriff Chris Swanson with us, in, in, uh, with me, I guess I should say. So uh, really, really honored to have Chris. He's got a very, very interesting and, and exciting personal story, very compelling. Sheriff Chris Swanson, welcome. Thanks, brother. Brother. <laughs> Andy, man, my 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 crim director. I've never had an opportunity to uh, talk direct to those who put the crim on, so I got a bunch of cool stories. Oh, great! I yeah. can't wait, can't wait to hear them, and right so on. glad. Yeah. So first, you know, before we jump into that, let's talk a little bit about uh, you. And so you have a really interesting personal story. I know that you, you know, right now sitting across from you, you are uh, someone who's done multiple crims, multiple Ironmans. You know, someone who's in fantastic shape. You have more energy than anybody I know. Uh, is that how you? always were crazy. Yes. <laughs> Not an athlete, but the energy. Yes. The energy. Yes. yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. I, I, I always say that number one, I'm a recovering fat kid. Number two, I'm a late bloomer. <laughs> ah, ah. So how did you get from, you know, you, you said that before about the being a recovering fat kid, where did, you know, how did the, you know, so when, when did that change? What, what was yeah. the motivation behind that? Well, first, God bless my family, but uh, they didn't give me good genes. Uh, uh, my family's always struggled with weight. I'm oh, the youngest okay. of four. And uh, from my, my, my dad, who's always struggled, even as a kid. So, it, it you know, I think there's some, there's a reason. It's not my excuse, but there's mm -hmm. a reason for some, you know, DNA that I can't sure. change. That being said, you know, I was born in Ohio. I may have been switched <laughs> at birth. I bet you my family's, my real family owns a bunch of Chick-fil-A's, but, you know, <laughs> here I find myself. Um, growing up, you know, my, my parents and my siblings were never in sports. Mm. You know, we were active, but never in sports, never in competitive athletics. And, uh, I started playing summer ball in Goodrich. That's where we, mm. I grew up as a kid and then transferred to Grand Blanc. And so I started playing summer ball as a young kid, T-ball coming up. And then my last year before I, my ninth grade, uh, I played summer ball, home run king, you know, center field. Nice. I was getting in my groove. Mm -hmm. And uh, for a number of reasons, my parents moved from Goodrich into Grand Blanc mm -hmm. into a mixed neighborhood. So, um, you know, my dad, who was a former Detroit cop, his dad, a Detroit cop, uh, my Brothers so and this sisters. Has been in your blood. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, the, <laughs> okay. I'm the third okay. generation. But after that, for some reason, nobody's doing it. Maybe I screwed that part up. <laughs> but uh, if we go over to Goodrich, uh, for Grand Blank from Goodrich, all my brothers and my sister have all graduated. I try out for ninth grade baseball, and uh, I just come from seven years at Goodrich, and I get cut. Uh, and I don't know if anybody's listening now that's been cut from a team, but it's devastating. It hurts. Wow. Yeah. And I get it from the coach's perspective, but for some reason, it put me into a sports sabbatical for 14 years. 14. Yeah. Wow. wow. I, uh, when I say that competitive sports, I didn't go to a single game at Grand Blanc High School. I didn't mm. go to a football game, basketball game, baseball game, nothing. There's wow. one thing that was my saving grace. And guess what that was? Uh, I have no idea. The crim. Really? It was. Wow. I started my ninth grade year at age 13. I turned 14 when I was, uh, you know, middle of my uh, freshman year. And uh, my brother, Mark, we started, you know, doing some runs around our subdivision. And uh, I started out doing the uh, the 8K. Oh, and yeah. uh, I was just 15 years old. 
And I just, I started looking forward to it mm-hmm. and then it created a pattern and by God's grace, I stayed with it and I have run all but two years in those two years. I wasn't able to for business. I ran in jurisdictions. One was out of the country, oh. that same race distance, but I've never missed a crim since I was 15 years old. That's amazing. And I'm 47 right now. I'm in greatest <laughs> shape of my life. I, uh, I saw crim as, uh, what people like see it now. Cause back then, obviously there wasn't crim training. There wasn't teddy sure. bear trot and all that crim becomes a, um, it becomes a lifestyle. It really it becomes does. a culture. Yeah. And, uh, I, I would come down there in that third Saturday of August and, uh, you'd see all the people there. And then by the afternoon, it's all gone. The vapor's yeah, gone. But the excitement of the Thursday, the Friday before, yeah. I, I really kept, I, 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 I just kept that like in my head. And to answer your story about athletics, I didn't compete. I was always a hustler, always working multiple mm-hmm. jobs. I have multiple businesses, but something happened. The crim gave me a steady diet of competition. Mm-hmm. So I quickly moved right out of high school into the 10 mile and I kept running the 10 mile. And I'm not kidding you, Andy, there was a time as I was walking eastbound to my car across 475, I said, I will never run more than 10 miles in my life. <laughs> it was the worst. I just felt terrible. Was, like 10 miles. Sometimes some of those days have been so hot. Oh and humid, my it's gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and to think I was, uh, was being prepared for something greater than that. And, yeah. uh, I would continue to run and kind of slosh through some things. So I go to the police Academy in 1994 cause I'm mm. already with the sheriff's office. I've already got some, you know, some, some good momentum on my career. I married a hot blonde in 1994, still married now. And, uh, in 2000 and let me think here, 2000, I want to say 2000, early 2000, um, January, uh, I looked in the mirror and I already been a cop for six years. Mm -hmm. And I said, what the heck is that? Like, I, 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 what did I turn into? Uh, I turned into, uh, uh, not, not a, just a non-athlete, but I just became lazy, like physically lazy. And that day I said, I'm going to be a bodybuilder in wow. November, 2000 was the first bodybuilding show I did. And it's an OCB show right here at U of M right across oh. the street. And uh, it was a natural bodybuilding show. I did four of those in the middle of my second and third show time period. Uh, my buddy, Mark McGlashan, not Mark McGlashan, Mark Jagos, uh, has done 21 marathons at the time. He was oh. one of my wife's uh, former bosses. I went to his office to talk about anything other mm-hmm. than that. And uh, he worked for community recovery services slash community corrections. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a picture of a marathon he did. And I said, Mark, I said, what's a marathon like? He's like, bro, do you know there's only 1% of the world's population's ever done a marathon? He goes, and once you're a marathoner, people just can't fathom 26.2 yeah. miles. And it they just- look at you differently. Yeah. <laughs> They triggered <clears throat> yeah. a thought. And I said, that's it. I'm doing my first Detroit marathon. I did that. I think in 2003, worst mm-hmm. experience of my life. <laughs> um, fast forward. I did the uh, spring marathon up at Traverse city at Bayshore. Oh yeah. All that to say, I've done seven marathons. There's a whole cool story about wow. that. And in 2005, that's when my life changed. Um, How's that? I was working the street. I was walking, driving up center road, right? Just South of uh, Davison. My buddy, uh, uh, Al Jansen, he's a doc, still a doc at Genesis. He, uh, texted me at the time and said, Mm -hmm. Hey, stop by my office and was right there at the corner. So I whipped in there. He had an urgent care office and he had just came back from doing the 2005 Ford Ironman. Oh, I mean, I get choked up just hearing that. I'm serious. It was just crazy because it was such a life changing (laughs) moment and I love finishing my marathon. So I went in his office and he's got his pictures there, his medal, he's got his bib there. And, and, uh, I said, what's it like, man? And he said, I can give any drug on the planet. And none of them compare to when you cross the finish line and they say your name and you're an Ironman. 
It's got to be, it's got to be like no other experience. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And I had had that word and I said, what is it? What are the people like that are running it? He goes, bro, you're going to be passed by soccer moms and 70 year olds. <laughs> it's an individual race. And I didn't have any desire to do it. Just like mm-hmm. I'd never run more than 10 miles. And so I, uh, just let it simmer in my head. Mm-hmm. And in 2006, I'm with my buddy, Casey Tafoya, and we had been doing some minor sprint and mm-hmm. Olympic triathlons at the time. And I remember we're driving, or excuse me, driving, we're riding our cycles. And, uh, I looked over and says, Hey dude, you want to do an Ironman? He's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Having no idea what it really was like. We signed up the first Sunday of November, 2006 at uh, noon. It filled up in 22 minutes, 3000 athletes. And uh, we did our first Ironman sign up in uh, 2006. So we had the whole year to figure out what did we just sign up for? 2007, (laughs) man. Yeah. Yeah. The first Saturday of uh, November, 2007, I'm on the beach of the Gulf of Mexico. And uh, I'm looking out there and I see all these buoys set up and it was the Friday before the Ironman. That's one of the only ones that actually is a Saturday Ironman. Most of them are Sundays. Usually Sundays, yeah. 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 And uh, I just said, this is it, man. And I remember when we had a mass swim start that Saturday and uh, I'm swimming, I'm swimming. I'm like, I cannot believe I'm in the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> Cuba is like, you know, where I'm supposed to turn around at for the swim. It seemed like 2.4 miles yeah, swim. You can pretty much make it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a double loop. So you're doing 1.2, 1.2. I come out of the swim. I'm like, man, I just did the first of three disciplines. So I get on my bike mm-hmm. and uh, I'm on my bike and everything is just rolling. It's 112 on the bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember, imagine this, you're at 80 miles on the bike. You've already done 2.4 and you still have mm-hmm. a marathon. 80 miles and you think to yourself, dang, I got 32 more miles to it's, go. It's a long, yeah, <laughs> it's a mind screw. It is. And, uh, so but, you get done with that. You're done about four, four thirty. I was so, so rookie wise that I changed not knowing there was changing tents right there in the middle of uh, my uh, bike transition. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even have a clue. I was so ridiculous, but, uh, I got uh, off my bike and it was about quarter to five, uh, on that day. And, uh, I just did my first double loop. And I remember this, man, it was, uh, it was about a 10 minutes to nine and I have the last mile to go and you Mm -hmm. could hear, you could hear the crowd and, uh, this sense of endorphin dump that happened exactly like Dr. Jansen said would, Mm. I'd never experienced before in my life, never. (laughs) And I turned a corner and uh, Ironman always has a lit shoot. Like, uh-huh. uh, I, I don't, have you done, uh, no, triath- have you done triathlons? Yeah, I've done tries. I've done them. My wife's been done half Ironman. So okay. that's, that's well maximize it by a thousand <laughs> right? because right. the same voice of Ironman goes to every Ironman. It's the oh. same voice you hear on the ESPN too. Okay. It's the same. And I heard his voice and bro, I looked down the chute and the lights and the people are going nuts. <laughs> it's nine. It's a little after nine at night. And I'm saying to myself, I, I did it. Like I'm going to be an Iron Man. That is amazing. And yeah. I, I ran down the chute and, uh, as I crossed the finish line, they said, Chris Swanson from Davidson, Michigan, you are an Iron Man. Uh, uh, and, uh, it was just, I mean, I get, like I said, I get emotional just talking about it right now. I get done. It's just chaos. I don't know where to go from here. Mm-hmm. Six minutes pass by. Boom. Out I go. Oh, yeah. Right into the med tent. I'm bur- virtually unconscious. <laughs> I have, I'm hypothermic. I'm hypoglycemic. Uh, my wife can't find me. She uh, thinks I died. Oh, no. 45 minutes later, I got IVs going. I'm under a bear mm-hmm. blanket. I got my medal on my chest, bro. <laughs> That's and all my wife comes in, and, uh, and I think to myself, if I died right now, I'd die in Iron Man. They can never take that away. That's right. And here, it's, it's all that, you know, because once you cross that finish line, it's it's all those hours and those days yes. and the sweat that you put into 
it's like all into that one. Yes. So it's not just the relief of being done. It's, yes. it's just sort of the success of all that buildup. It's amazing. It yeah. was, man. <laughs> it was. And let me tell you how that has transformed into what I have. So I've done three others since then. I did Florida, Louisville, Florida, Wisconsin. Mm. And there's I, we could go, I don't know how long the podcast is, but we could go for days <laughs> on the different stories of Ironman challenges because it's not a matter of if something's going to happen. It's yeah, what anything could happen. Out the there. first yeah, Iron yeah. Man, my wife made a banner mm-hmm. unbeknownst to me and she had it out when I was passing the shoot, but I didn't see it. But later in the hotel room I did. And on the top right corner, she had had uh, a picture taken of me and put it all on there. It was awesome. She had my family and friends make personal notes oh, on it. Cool. Yeah. On the top right corner is a buddy of mine named Jack Pichette. And he wrote Swanson, you are no longer a tin man. You are officially an Iron Man. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> And I'm telling you, that statement right there has led to two bestseller books, a message heard by tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people throughout the world. Lives have been saved. People's businesses, their families have been transformed. Addicts are clean because my whole message now is tin, shiny, formable, pretty, under pressure it crumbles. But iron, rusty, dented, scratched, you're not going to break an iron spirit. Mm. And when I transition from a tin man to an iron man, that's why I can handle the world's biggest health crisis. That's why I can handle chaos because iron man has taught me you can go to the brink of death, but you ain't dead. And all those lessons I learned from getting cut from baseball to getting, you know, starting with an eight K to a crim to a 10 mile to, to all the bodybuilding shows, people should listen to me right now. When I say this, the reason crim is so valuable, cause it was a major part of my life that led to transforming thousands of other people. And that's the power that everybody has. That is an amazing story. And, and I can't help but think, you know, go, go back to what you said earlier about, you know, when you're, when you're doing your first cram or your first race, it's not about thinking about the end because if you, you know, back when you were 14 yeah. thought about, Oh my gosh, someday I'm going to do an Ironman. No, I don't want to have to do that. You That's right. Out, you, you just did step by step. That's right. You, know, you started with the five, with the eight K yes. and you kept going and you know, yeah. you're like, Hey, I can do this. And then you yeah. move on to the next thing. And you know, that's amazing. And then here you are. <laughs> it's but, crazy. But it's, it's, it's this amazing mentality yeah. that you have that, that we all really need to, to get a chunk of, which is always be a little bit better to d- tomorrow or today yeah. than you were yesterday. That's right. Yeah. yeah so I have a couple sayings lot. on that note. I always say finish or die trying. That was my mentality. <laughs> I, I, they're going to have to pull me off the, mm-hmm. the, the, the cement, the blacktop or out of the water. And then I always say that do what others want to get what others want. Mm. So you want the bragging rights of what other people have, but you got to go out there and make it happen. Whether it's wealth, even at the time we have right now, the market's going crazy. People are losing, Mm. but it's time for, for you to have an iron spirit. You know, when your family's being tested, maybe your spouse, your kids, it's time to have it be an iron dad, an iron Mm. wife, an iron mom, an iron dad. When you yourself are getting challenged, maybe physically you got a cancer diagnosis, whatever it is you have to, that mind that you have that three and a half pounds of pure tissue that doesn't move, that doesn't do anything, but control everything you've got. That's where it starts when it comes to what you're going to do. You got to make a decision how you're going to handle your life because eventually you're going to die. And the only thing you have is what you did while you were here until you go to glory. And when I'm telling you right now, when I made a decision, boom, I'm an Ironman. The rest was just doing it. The rest Mm -hmm. was just making it happen. I knew, see, 
I was on the beach in 2007 watching this course and thinking, I've already told myself and I'm, I'm an Ironman. Now I just got to put the miles behind mm -hmm. it. Like that, that decision was done. And when I see people that have that fortitude, man, they can do anything. Mm -hmm. They can do anything. I, it doesn't have to be an Ironman. I've seen people in the crim who that is their first race. And that is as much of an Ironman to them oh, as absolutely. a full Ironman. Absolutely. And when you get to the, the nine, nine and a half mile marker and you can see it, you can see it. <laughs> you can see when the brain goes from, I hope, I think I did I, it. I am. I did. Yeah. I did it. Mm -hmm. And the finish line is there. They got the medal. I mean, seriously, that's why people need to recreate those things every day. Mm -hmm. You should never, never not be a competitor. You should never not be an athlete. That's helped me as a cop. It's helped me as a mm -hmm. husband, as a father. I ran six miles this morning, right out of the Good gate <laughs> this morning on my treadmill in the dark. You know, mm -hmm. I have my, my beats on. I watch a bunch of videos and, and, uh, you know, that keeps me lean and mm -hmm. mean and, and, uh, when you're adapting because you can't go to the gym. Yeah. So you got, yeah. you're figuring out how to do There's it. There's no yeah. excuse. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, I eat clean. You know, I, I have probably 90% plant-based now. Mm -hmm. That's a whole nother story because I almost died. Thanks to my buddy, Mark Holland, who always get that credit. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I change my eating habits and, mm -hmm. and, you know, I still bodybuild. I've never changed that. But my mm -hmm. mentality is, you know, I could run. And this is what's cool things. I can outlift most. I can outrun most. I can out sprint most. But that's not important as being an athlete. Mm -hmm. I'd rather be all of that and be able to do it than just be one at really good. Like mm -hmm. I have power lifter friends, but they can't run a mile. Oh, you know, yeah. I have people that can mm -hmm. run a hundred miles, but they can't lift, you know, 125 pounds on the bench. I, I have people that can't roll in a cage. I, I do mm -hmm. all that because my mindset now is I want to be an all around athlete. Mm -hmm. I'm making up for lost time. Yeah. I'm making up for all those days and all those years that I did nothing. And now my <laughs> boys know no different, but when I know people, can get their life back by becoming a competitor. Everything mm -hmm. else just falls into play because mm -hmm. life is competition. It is. It it's is. an, it's a, it's an event. Well, and, and you don't always have to beat the guy who's right next to yeah. you. It's, it's about competing with yourself That's it. and competing with who you were yesterday. Yeah. And that, that's the big part. Yeah. yeah. So, so clearly you have been doing that and, and really seen some amazing mm -hmm. success and Wow, that's some some yeah. serious inspiration. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I say so. this. I made this this uh, observation that uh, when they took the coronavirus and they put it in a petri dish, they dropped an Ironman medal and the coronavirus <laughs> jumped out. Oh. <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> so that's what we're up against. Well, yeah, I, I tell you this, man. I said I've used Iron Man so many times, and uh, you know, in in and again, I give much credit, and I thank Bobby Krim who started this, who mm -hmm. had a vision, and uh, I've ran next to him, I've congratulated him, and 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 just what he did, he did exactly what you can do. Listening is you can start a movement. You can start something mm -hmm. so small. It may not be as big as a crim or maybe 10 times bigger than mm -hmm. a crim. It may have nothing to do with athleticism. It may be something else, but leave your mark, man. Yeah. Leave your mark. Well, and you may bring up a good point because that kind of good health is contagious. Yes. And, and you, you, you know, when your family sees you doing it, when your friends see you, when your neighbors see you out there, yeah. whether you're running or walking, you know, it, it, it is a moment, you know, it, it it forces people to think, oh, maybe I should do that. Or maybe I could do yeah. that. And, and that's, that's just as you're not just doing it for yourself. You're that's doing right. it for everybody. So and can I add one more thing? Not yeah. that, how about this? How about we get to do it? Like it's a privilege. <laughs> it is. It is. It is a privilege. There's yeah, people that can't do what we do. Yep. 
Yep, absolutely. And I, that's why I see so many, you know, the, the wheelers, those guys are just so tough. And, you know, yes. whether it's you know, wheelers or Paralympians, yeah. um, all the way to the Special Olympics, yes. you, know, they're, the, the, you know, we're all able to do what we can. That's right. And and those are people who are saying, hey, despite whatever, despite whatever the obstacles, aspect, yep, yep. That I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. And that, that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I can tell you this, man. I um, I remember a story my buddy Martin told me. He uh, had a neighbor who was an oncologist mm-hmm. and uh, developed cancer. And he was in his early 40s, and he was at late stages. He was already terminal. He was in hospice. And, and my buddy Martin went over to his house, and uh, his little kid was outside, and he was watching through the window under a blanket in the summertime. And uh, he saw some people that uh, had come over to spread mulch. And this guy looked at Martin. He said, uh, I'd give a million dollars right now to spread that mulch. Mm. Here's a yeah. guy who was stolen early, didn't have the ability that we have right now. I'm telling you, if you're listening to this message from Andy right now, and you have a breath in your lung and a beat in your chest, do not waste another day. I can't think of a better, <laughs> a, a yeah. better parting word to a <laughs> parting message to have for this, for this, uh, podcast. So Sheriff, thank you so much. This has been, thank this you, has man. been great. Any, any last thoughts or, uh, I mean, well, I, don't I can know tell if you, you that, that the, one, uh, <laughs> the Crim Festival of Races is in good hands with you as the director. I'm telling you that. Well, thank you. Uh, it, w- w- that's also because it takes a village and, yeah. and you're a key part of that. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Uh, all the support that we get from right the on. county, from our friends at the city, all of our law enforcement, but yep. uh, especially at the county and by the the way, uh, Casey Chafoya, who uh, is your uh, your Ironman buddy, yeah. he's, he was longtime friend of the Crim, uh, right? managed a lot of the medical with yes. that. So always, always good to hear those yes. names. So, yes. so uh, anyway, to all of you out there, take heart and uh, wh- whether you're stuck inside or you have a chance yeah. to uh, chance to be out, whether you're whether you have the opportunity to help somebody, uh, I think that that's. You, Look, look for opportunities to make a difference, even in this, even in this challenging time. And I will tell you this, uh, this CRIM 2020 Swanson will be there. I'll be holding a thin blue line flag to honor police officers that died in the line of duty. I run the CRIM now with a message. It is a black flag with a thin blue line that gives that hope for families that their loved ones who gave their life for law enforcement, for the community will never be forgotten. If you've heard this podcast and you see the thin blue line, I would be honored if you just came up and said hi so I can say hi back and give you a little fist bump and better your time than you've ever had before. What a powerful statement. And you're going to come, you're going to cross that finish line with a lot of friends. I'll tell you that. That's so, awesome. That's great. Thank you. All right, Sheriff. Uh, thank, thank you, you so my much. Friends. Be and, safe uh, out there. Best of luck. And uh, yes, you be safe as well. Roger that.